Sí. When that robotic voice chimes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to... So close. So close. Always so close. DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash dlc pod we're just so grateful for the folks that have chosen to support this show the number keeps ticking up every week and i'm so grateful that more folks are jumping on board if you would like ad free episodes a, a backlog of the vod of the show the video version of the show very good video version that christian works very hard on if you would like an entire bonus show that we're doing on Wednesdays now called Paid DLC, check it out. Patreon.com slash DLC pod. The DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host, Slash nemesis. The guy who is, like me, grateful to at Jesse J. Anderson for getting us DLCSwag.com. So we don't have to say this clunky way to get you over to our merch store. DLCSwag.com is now a place that links right to our merch store where you can get mugs and t-shirts and hats and all kinds of stuff with that fancy new logo of ours and even the old logo christian spicer hello christian choo choo hello happy to be here also on uh the old patreon uh i posted a video version of the most recent let's chat games newsletter i'm gonna be putting videos there don't worry other newsletter subscribers it's not going to change the newsletter but since i very much write them as a conversation piece style anyway i figured you know what let's make a little video out of it and the feedback's been great so i'm going to keep doing that a newsletter will go out first because making videos uh takes time apparently it turns out uh (laughs) but when they get done i will post them there um on the patreon as well for a fun little bonus for folks to uh check out and engage with uh it's been fun yeah i really enjoyed that first one and that's the kind of thing we're hoping to do lots of is uh just create more value for that Patreon. And for our patrons, we are grateful for you. You are the reason this show gets to continue. So please, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Patreon.com slash DLC pod. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Tons of news. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Devoted Little Chunk. Because from Fan Bite, we have senior producer Paul Tamayo back with us. Hey, Paul. Wow. That was unbelievable, Jeff. Uh, Once again, you you, you took me by surprise and that was was fire. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm honored to be back. So yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm glad to, you know, I'm always happy to chop it up with you guys. Yeah, no, we uh, we loved having you on a, a few months ago, and 
We got lots to dig into this week. I am so excited to hear your take on all of this this juicy news. So let's do it. Wait, 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 Jeff. Hold on, Jeff. Wait, sorry. I got it. I got it. Before we even get to the Uh-oh. way we always start the show, I need to do okay. this. Paul, what is that sick hoodie that you're flexing and wearing that I can't quite see? And this is bad audio, but video's there and I can see it and I need to know. Yeah, I'm, to I'm know. celebrating today because my my F1 team, the the guys who I support, my McLaren guys, uh, one of them actually made it on the podium, third place, which I'm very, very happy about. Uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, motorsport fan, and uh, Christian, I'm, I'm happy that I get a chance to take over at least 40 minutes of today's show, which I think we agreed to privately to discuss <laughs> yeah. Gran Turismo and Wait, Formula what? One and uh, everything else. Oh, yeah, you, did, uh, that, you didn't get the email, Jeff? Oh, you guys want to talk water, about the, Jeff, yeah. the announcement yeah. that the new F1 game is going to have full VR support. That's what you... That's what you yeah. guys want to talk about? Yeah, look, I mean, I need a reason to dust off my Oculus uh, Rift S, so uh, I can't wait. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do. It's Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You also can give your comments or questions, anything that you think you'd like us to hear. We'd like to hear it. And the best way to do that is to send us an email, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But there are other ways to talk about this show with like-minded folks. We have communities over on the subreddit, 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Also, our Discord, which is 5x5dlc on Discord as well. Great folks hanging out, talking games, and all sorts of other stuff. I urge you to take part. But, Paul, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Uh, it was something that I didn't even know happened until I saw the this uh, these show notes. So it's got to be Sega rebooting Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi uh, because I think by law I think I'm I have I'm required to to talk about this because of how much I I love these games and um, yeah it just makes me so excited. These are like legit two of my favorite games of all time and like it, I've always scratched my head wondering why they've never revisited these series either Jet Set or Crazy Taxi and. You know, there's a lot to get into, but it had to be this story. Like it, it, it had to be this story. Jeff this is part of the SWAT team. He talked about him. He got, t- t- got stand down, stand <laughs> down. Got him. Uh, Paul talked <laughs> about him. He talked about him. We're good. We're covered. Uh, this is part of Sega's Super Game Venture, which has uh, been kind of nebulous. But we heard we heard mention of this uh, a while back, uh, where they're uh, they're trying to sort of revitalize games from their old catalog, investing lots of money and trying to create games that will be big uh, multiplayer uh, kind of uh, uh, cross-platform initiatives using Microsoft's Azure software as the backbone of all of this stuff. But we didn't quite know what it was going to be. Here's the criteria for what a Sega super game is. Multi-platform, multilingual, simultaneous worldwide release triple a so now we know or at least uh rumor as reported by bloomberg that two of the early contenders for this are crazy taxi and jet set radio crazy taxi evidently has been in development longer than jet set radio has 
Um, cool Ranch but, Taxi was right there the whole time. They could have called it Cool Ranch Taxi, and they just yeah. didn't. You know? <laughs> it was so close. No, we don't know. The game hasn't come out yet, Christian. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it will. Uh, of course, the first Crazy Taxi uh, hit arcades in 1999, and Jet Set Radio, uh, Jet Set Radio, the first Jet Set Radio, was originally re- released the next year, the, in the in the year 2000. <laughs> uh, so, if you remember it. You are probably one of one of us uh, yeah. because uh, we're we're the olds. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm with you, Paul. Have a lot of love for these games. But here's my question: What does a crazy taxi look like in 2023 or whenever this game comes out? That's that's such an interesting question because I, I, I like I think about this all the time, especially on the heels of like some recent releases that have come out in the past, let's say like five years or so. When you think about uh, Sonic, what was it, Sonic Mania, mm-hmm. um, Streets of Rage Four, which was one of my favorite games of the year when it came out. Um, so there are like examples of sort of finding some of that old flavor and modernizing it and and making it like go back to the roots of like what made these games so great and like just kind of reminding yourself of like oh yeah these games were kind of onto something and and Sega I I have like a burning like love for Sega cuz I I grew up on Sega I I was like kind of a Sega kid growing up I, I I was always the I literally have a Sega t-shirt on I have a Sega Sonic uh you know motorsport racing t-shirt on right now um so I I just like I love Sega through and through but um I I think like i think if sega remembers what made those games great and like kind of sticks to that pure formula of a crazy taxi being uh you know just really fun driving mechanics at at the time a crazy taxi in 1999 i distinctly remember seeing it for the first time at at a friend's house on on a tv running at like 60 frames per second and having my like mind blown into a billion pieces and i think like retaining some of that in the in that like the overall experience is going to be important um so i worry though that like like some of the reasons why i like going back to the older games is because of that simplicity and that that really like you know pure experience of like what made those games so great like you know moment to moment and made you want to revisit them a a million times in a row um you know till 4 a.m even though i had school the next day but whatever it's fine look i made it i'm on dlc twice so it's, it's all good um you know, I think remembering that those core components in the way that like Streets of Rage 4 and Sonic Mania did is going to be crucial and not try like the stuff that you were saying about these like things that they're trying to focus on with like multiplayer, you know, functionality and community focused worlds and things like that makes me a little nervous because I am an old and uh, I prefer those things to like kind of just be as pure as they possibly can be without um, complicating them too much. But I would love to be surprised. I'd love to find, I don't know, some really interesting way for the multiplayer to, to function um, if it could. And and I don't know how that looks with Jet Set Radio, but I could I could think of really cool ways to make, you know, we have examples of games like Splatoon and other series that have been, you know, really influenced by by that game in particular. Yeah. And we have that other uh, sort of spiritual successor coming out soon, which I forget what that's called. Uh, it's like it's, it's like, like a riff on Jet Set Radio. It's yeah, like, like yeah. cyberpunk something. Yeah, something I can't like remember that. Either, but. Um, but I'll, I'll remember it. I'll remember it one day. Um, <laughs> that 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 makes me excited too because I know that regardless, that spirit will live on. Hopefully, within that game. So I I wouldn't mind seeing something different and new, like multiplayer focus on the Jet Set side. But 
um i'm not sure I, I, are either of y'all excited about this or? i think that jet set it, it has a clearer path for me to this uh, template of theirs which is like triple a big budget you know worlds that are uh it feels like these like want them to be tent pole games these this super game initiative right they want them to be these these big tent pole releases that prop sega back up to being a major uh major publisher and jet set seems like a clearer path to that to me it it are it, it the the aesthetic feels ripe to kind of blow out you know there's a there's a narrative of this kind of uh punkish future world you know i i i can see a more robust game there than the first game was crazy taxi on the other hand feels h- harder to square that circle for me because crazy taxi taxi at its core is an arcade game it sure. is a wild zany fun arcade game it feels like if you did it today it'd be you know a, a, a sub 20 dollar release this kind of fun goofy experience but turning it into a big triple a experience feels harder I, to be honest with you, Crazy Taxi feels like a mode that you would find in GTA Online or something, or mm. Fortnite for that matter, you know? Yeah. Um, so, Christian, I'm curious. I know that you have a love for both of these games and Sega in general as well, like like Paul does. Do you see a path forward, cl- a clear path forward to transforming these IP into big tentpole AAA releases? So the short answer to your question is no, and I say that for any game, right? Anytime someone's like, our goal is to be a major AAA, it's like, that's like when people, our goal is to create some content, we don't care what it is, we just want it to go viral. Like, that's not no, unless you have like eight mega influencers in your pocket. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. So no, this is a tall task. It is always a tall task to make a big i mean ubisoft it's not on our stories this week but like q whatever their latest shooter not battle royale but hero shooter thing and how many have they done right like studios want this and it's not easy uh now i'll pause and you can interject and then i'll say what i was going to say about these games specifically I i just think there are definitely game games that you hear about from studios and you go well that's obviously going to be a you know like the first time you heard about starfield the new IP, clearly Bethesda was going to make a big AAA game. There's no doubt about that. I don't think that, I think there are ways to make big AAA tentpole games as companies. You throw a lot of money at it and you make big ambitious games. But I feel like transforming IP that used to be that when games were simpler into something like that is a completely different notion entirely. Yeah, I think the key to both of these, if done well and hinted at by kind of what the Super Games Fund is all about, is the multiplayer aspect. And neither one of the franchises really had much of that to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, Jet Set had some multiplayer. I forget if it was in Future or if the original also had split screen. I think Future had split screen multiplayer, and I could be mistaken. I just talked about these in depth not too long ago, but already my brain's a blur. Um, and the way multiplayer was handled on Crazy Taxi was, you know, quartering up, right? For uh, There were some modes, but it was like, you go, I go kind of thing. I could see a Crazy Taxi existing in a world that is um, always online 
and a mix of like burnout and crazy taxi. We were trying to take other people down to interfere with them collecting their fares, but also trying to zoom around the city and get things done. And it's chaotic and as a mode that kind of keeps people coming back. Um, I, I don't know if that has legs, you know, like you and I, Jeff, we both really liked knockout city, knockout city to me had a lot of early aughts Sega vibes to it, even though it was not a Sega game. And I played, I know this is a clean show, but I'm going to say it a metric butt ton knockout city easy, when it came easy, out man. yeah sorry paul sorry yeah, you're, kind of, you're kind of, i'm sorry <laughs> it felt a little crazy taxi or, or like power oh, yeah. stone or something yeah, you know totally yeah, yeah. It, it it feels like a dreamcast game that somehow yeah. found itself on a modern platform with multiplayer attached to it um yeah i was i was That's actually going to bring that exact same uh, example up like I, I think there could be i mean I, I think who better hopefully than than sega to sort of dig back into that bag of, of tricks that they you know were so good at doing like in real life right like at, at arcades where people actually gathered and had real life social interactions and played you know played things together even if it wasn't necessarily built into the the game itself like they i remember crazy taxi even having like these really wacky um bonus modes where you were like doing bowling and you had like obstacle courses and stuff and i think track mania and games like that have have in rocket league have proven that like this kind of thing can be simplified and made fun and and piecemeal like you know get skins or whatever and like that 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 thing that i was saying earlier that part of it that kind of scares me um also is is interesting to think about i actually never really thought too much about that aspect of it you know i guess um that that this initiative is is attempting to sort of connect all of those dots which which i do find like admirable in a way and i I, you know I, i think like if we approach it in that sort of similar arcade sense then i think it could it could make sense in a way that like sometimes for me like other multiplayer things that get really hot off jump really don't at first and like i kind of fizzle out on really quickly like i think um even recently like halo infinite yeah even though i know like folks have pretty much abandoned it although i think they just announced their like year two or or season two or whatever it just Um, feels like year two paul it's it just feels like year two (laughs) everything just feels longer nowadays um that that got halo infinite got me back into like like first person shooters and again being an old like I, I was playing apex and stuff like that a while ago but i kind of just i didn't really like that rhythm so much anymore so it, it you know I, I could see a, a bit of a return of like that old school flavor just you know with all of the uh i guess modern day trappings of like skins and seasons and stuff like that i think it, it could i think it could work I'm, I'm hopeful but i don't know maybe maybe the gen zers out there are like what what's crazy taxi like what, what are you even talking about <laughs> like yeah I feel like to some extent, if you got rid of maybe the traditional racing, everything else about Forza Horizon could be a crazy taxi game. I don't, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like, oh yeah, jump out of an airplane and you're bombing down a volcano, like crazy taxi. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's there's possibility for me to love it. You know? Unlock over two hundred cars, all of them with the same checkerboard paint job. <laughs> I love this uh, AMG that can go like 500 miles an hour, but it has like a, a really cool Guy Fieri decal on the side. It's just all yellow cab, <laughs> but there's a, but it's a McLaren, you know? Yeah. I would love it. That's funny. Yeah. I'm skeptical about making crazy taxi relevant for today. Uh, just because it feels like you can, I can do that in GTA kind of right. Like it's, 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 yeah. it feels like a, 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 a subsection 
of a larger game now or you know? Fortnite, like you mentioned there was i don't know if there still are but like the drive here do things things in mm. Fortnite and yeah. wacky physics and yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic, and I'm also – it's not included in this story, but the new Sonic is also that, right? Like, it's yeah. an old franchise that they're trying to revitalize, and the movie's doing absolute gangbusters still, which is fantastic. Um, but does that franchise, whatever reimagining of it, the not-mania, you know, does does that pop and go big? I don't know. That That's actually a good point, because I remember I – mean, I, I still haven't actually seen Sonic 2 yet, even though I, I actually really enjoyed Sonic 1. I remember, like – being halfway through that movie like wait this is good like i came here to watch like you know basically what i thought was a you know a joke and then i was like wait this is actually pretty good um i still haven't seen the second one but even just watching that like intro marvel style like zoom in or zoom out i forget which which way it zoomed but uh and you saw like the the yakuza games and the monkey ball like it's like their their universe they're like really sort of digging into that for their i guess movies now i, I don't know i'm i'm hoping that's like a, a good sign of things to come because like you know, I didn't think, and I hear Sonic Two is not bad either. So it's like, oh, you know, if you if you put these things in the hands of people who know what they're doing and have an actual passion and love for it, then like, wow, it could be actually cool. What a concept! Yeah, yeah. I also think that points to the genius of Nintendo over the years. Uh, how daring they have been with their franchises to never let them get stale enough that decades go by and you go how are they going to make it relevant to today? It's like, no, they were, they switched up Metroid. They switched up Mario, every iteration of Mario. They switched up Zelda constantly. It's like they never allow enough time to go by where the, the IP feels like, how are they going to shoehorn that into the modern video games of today? You Mm -hmm. know, it's kudos to them again. Not that we need to do that, but reminds me. Uh, All right, Christian, what is your story of the week? My story of the week is the uh, march forward of all things Disney and Star Wars. Um, we got reports this week that uh, Amy Henning's new studio is working with Skydance. J.J. Abrams uh, recently announced and said to be in gaming side of things, Skydance New Media, um, to make a Star Wars game. It had previously announced that Skydance was getting into it and working with some big IPs, and I think it had been previously previously announced, excuse me, that Amy was over there, but that they are working on a Star Wars game is the new news. And of course, Amy, it, it feels like, has been attached to various Star Wars projects over the years, and... None of the other ones uh, ever came to light, uh, unfortunately. There's a, a leak of a bunch of media from one of the last ones that she was working on that has come. That leak showed a lot of art and stuff like that. And it looked really cool. And now she's back doing it again. And on top of all of this, I think there are, what, six active announced Star Wars games in production where it's like Respawn has two um detroit become human what uh what's his name david cage's studio has one mm-hmm. A- amy hennig has one there's others oh uh the um oh gosh oh just oh man like the Fortnite, millennium falcon probably Fa- Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, it's everywhere but i think it's interesting that that amy's you know going back at another big 
single player, it seems, story-based experience Star Wars game. And I hope, as a, as a fan of her prior work that has come out and that I've been able to play, i.e. Uncharted 1 and 2, um, I hope that we get to see this game. That's my biggest fear. <laughs> Do you think we will? I mean, no. Just because... <laughs> Uh, again, kind of like, uh, do I think Crazy Taxi or Jet Set will become big hit? Like the guest has, Jeff, I'm, I've learned from you over the years. Everything's delayed. Then I'm rolling it up. I'm prices writing you. Yeah. It, nothing comes out. Well, <laughs> I will tell you the the enduring quote uh, from one uh, uh, Dan Trachtenberg, uh, low, low on 15 years ago now. He, he once said to me, I'll never forget it. And I've said it many, many times since. Most S doesn't happen. Uh, that's true most most stuff does not happen uh yeah. and uh one hopes this does because she's going back to the well and uh clearly she has reiterated many times over the years her love of star wars and how it transformed her life uh as a young person and ubisoft uh, ubisoft and kotor those are the other two of right. my six that mm. i was missing yeah ubisoft has got that star wars game um, we don't know much about it at all, but yeah. Um, I, my friend, uh, Todd Stashwick, uh, works with Amy. I don't know if, if he has come with her to this. Um, but I know that they were very far along in the design process. Uh, they're as co-writers of that basically right, uncharted right. in the star Wars universe kind of idea that, that we all saw crash and burn. Uh, I, I always wonder if it's like, okay, we want you to make a Star Wars game. She's like, um, can I use the 30% of a Star Wars game I already made? Uh, yeah. Or... I got something in my garage. Like, I just got a bin of like documents that like, will really speed us along. Yeah, we got, we got uh... character designs and stuff. So, I mean, it's going to be harder to not make that game than it will yeah. be to just make that game that I already yeah. wanted to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 hopeful. I mean, like, I really wanted to see what that project ragtag was going to look like and e- even just seeing those like two sketches that got leaked or whatever was like, oh man, like, what could have been. Um so yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I mean, like I I'm a little I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm a little Star Wars out. I I'm, I'm still a, a, a little bit behind on like the book of Boba Fett and stuff and I am just Damn. like ah, I'll I'll get to it when I get. It's kind of like with the Marvel stuff. It's like I'll get to it when I get to it, but well, they um, made a show out of the Boba Fett book, so you don't need to read the book anymore. You can just that's watch that's the, great. That's, that's great. the hardest th- that's the most, <laughs> most surprising thing, I think. That if if you told little kid me that there right? were there, there's like these shows about Boba Fett and 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 the Mandalorian and 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 you won't be watching them immediately when they come out, I would be like, "What?" I got, my, I got my man right. on my desk. I got Boba Fett on my desk. And, and I'm, I'm still like, I haven't even seen the, the thing yet. I, as a kid, I would have, you know, I would have loved this. But it, I mean, I, I guess it kind of goes to show like if, if you're just like having so much of it shoveled at you from every direction, at some point you kind of get a little like disoriented. Like, mm. I don't know if I'll get to it when I get to it. I'm just not going to jump in at every every time there's a wave. I'm not, I'm not going to jump in. I'm just, I, I don't have the time for it. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think. I'm in that same boat, Paul, and I, and I think, not to throw you under the bus to mix metaphors of boats and buses, <laughs> I think we do have time for it. We're choosing not to use our t- – like uh, Severance or um, what's the the um, Succession or – you know, there's a myriad of shows that I'm sure we're all watching or have watched. And for 
for me, I won't speak for either of you for me. Yeah. I haven't made time for, I didn't finish Hawkeye. I didn't watch Boba Fett. I haven't started moon Knight. I love these things. And I do feel like there's too much. (laughs) And then because there's so much of it and it all kind of interconnects, I don't, I feel like it doesn't give me time for other things. And I also want other things. I don't just want ice cream, you know, or whatever. Like I also want sure. potato chips and cupcakes. And again, if you had told me as a kid, you won't always want ice cream. <laughs> what? <laughs> and also a terrible metaphor. Cause I always want ice cream. Oh, well, that's why I didn't put words in your mouth. Jeff. I was putting <laughs> ice cream in your mouth while I talked about me. I don't always want star Wars, but I do always want ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the the question for me is, will there be more Star Wars games or more Star Wars television shows? That's the race wow. right now. That's the arms race that we're in right now. And we all lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Star Wars is great. I love the fact that the universe is robust enough that it can support all kinds of different games. And I'm hoping that with these games all slated that what we're going to see is narrower, narrower and narrower slices of that universe chipped away. And we get to see things that you don't feel like, Oh, I have to involve every aspect of a star Wars story in my game. I can just be this really near. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the, the TV shows as well is, is they're much, they're kind of off in their own little, segment of the world doing their own little thing and having I mean, exploring broad spoiler until they're very much not yeah. <laughs> that's, been, mm. that's been the problem with a, a lot of these things where like, it's look like who's here yeah and even jedi fallen order i won't say it but like i love that game but even that Same. it was like oh well of course it, of course it, they're it, involved or whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious if all of these games, you're like, what? A, I can't believe we're no, exploring you, this side of the universe. Why the heck is Han Solo out in this side <laughs> of the universe? You're right. Like, you're hey, just, buddy. Totally invalidated yeah. my entire point, which is <laughs> appropriate. No, you're right. Uh, upon reflection, <laughs> never mind. There was a small vent in your <laughs> argument that Christian managed to discover. And, and, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, that's not to disparage Star Wars. I mean, I think that, uh, I'm excited for all these games. I'm not. I don't think any of them sounds like they're going to be bad. And I'm, you know, make, make great, make great games and make great star Wars games. And I'll love those games. So, yeah. And same. I believe Amy Hennig can make great games. So yes. I'm rooting for this. Well, wow, controversial um, statement, Jeff. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she hasn't had a chance to in a while, yeah. uh, which is a bummer, yeah. but, uh, I, I also don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. Um, but but I hope it's a really cool, awesome, story-based Star Wars experience that I'll be playing on my PS6 or whatever. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well said, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What's your story, Jeff? My, there's so much stuff left. I don't feel like we're going to get to all of it in just three stories. Like we may have to do more. But I, I want to talk about the uh, Meta Quest Gaming Showcase uh, because it, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal if you're into a VR. And uh, this is a company putting dollars into VR and promoting VR games. Um, I do feel like we're in this weird place in, with VR right now before PSVR 2 where 
there's nothing super exciting happening because everything's kind of waiting for PSVR two to to be officially quest Quest three also like quest two is i did notice that some of these like a lot of these games are quest two exclusives which kind of bums me out because there are some i'd like to play not to step on the games but i do feel like we're in this new tech old tech new tech old tech and vr is a new tech thing and we haven't seen the new tech yet but everybody's apparently working on it yeah, it, it it continues to be such a bummer that VR is these are these walled gardens, and I'm 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 still critical of Oculus slash Facebook slash Meta, whatever they're called this week, um, <laughs> in in that business plan, which is uh, having lots of dollars, throwing lots of dollars to, toward this, which is thumbs up for me because I want dollars thrown at these developers. But bad news is, in order to get those dollars, they have to be exclusives, and. I think that's a that's a bummer. I mean, the good news but is not backward, the, not not Quest One compatible. Right. It seems like they've abandoned Quest One and also abandoned um, Paul's Rift S, where it, it really is locked on their current hardware, and they don't because yeah. if it was on PC, then I could get it on my Quest One through my link cable, and it, it seems odd that yeah. I guess they're still trying to ship units of Quest Two and get them all. On people's faces. Well, they're selling them like gangbusters. I mean, I think there's something like Quest 2 has something like 70% of the market right now, which, you know, is a relatively small market, but it's still, that's, that's a big number. Um, But there were some cool announcements at the uh, MetaQuest gaming showcase. The marquee one, the big one that got everybody buzzing, including me, is Ghostbusters VR, which uh, feels like an obvious one. So obvious that I know... A bunch of indie titles have basically done that. Um, a couple of them that I've covered on the on the show, but it'll be cool to have the IP and one imagines wielding a proton pack and and in VR. It just you know, it writes itself. It, there's already the uh, the big location based VR experiences built around Ghostbusters. Um, so you know, it doesn't take much imagination to 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 think that that'll be a pretty fun experience first person in vr uh hopefully they do it well and there's enough there that doesn't feel just like mini games of just you know setting traps and grabbing monsters and sticking them in the traps i hope that there's more to it than that um we don't know much about it but i think it's cool that that that's happening uh, um, is back because it has the other um friday night 13th friday night 13th friday night 13th um, <laughs> <laughs> ghostbusters game where that's, it's like uh, the 13th ice cube movie yeah. <laughs> hey, wow they just made a bunch of those huh <laughs> chris tucker came back for this one too so it's a good one uh, but i'm curious to see which of those ghostbusters games comes out first and kind of how how people respond to it because that's an ip that i think has been long dormant and now with afterlife back. doing well during the pandemic and now people are kind of jumping on it again it's exciting yeah I'm I'm excited that like I get to play Moss Book Two uh, and not have to you know play it on PSVR because yeah. I've heard you talk about playing it on PSVR and um, yeah I, I'm in a holding pattern at the moment I I love VR I think VR is dope and I like I got a lot of use out of my Rift S I'm you know occasionally I'll, I'll even like break it out and, and play some like Tetris or something and, and just you know remember just remind myself but um. Yeah, I really am in a holding pattern. I'm I'm waiting for what's next because I, I bought this one right before they announced that the uh, the Quest Two I think could could ha- had like USB C support or yeah. whatever, and I was like, oh well, okay, I'm not gonna do that again. I'm just gonna wait until some new stuff 
drops and then buy it. But which is what I usually do. I don't know why I did, you know, VR. I thought, "Eh, I'll be fine. I'll just drop this much money on this thing. Um, (laughs) So I I am still in a holding pattern for for whatever. It does feel like whenever PSVR 2 happens is, is, is like that next wave, that next gen of, of headsets. Um, And I, I clearly meta will be, unveiling their next headset but it'll be interesting to see because it'll it'll undoubtedly be standalone again like quest 2 is um to see what they're if if they you know remain strategically positioned the way they are where they want stuff to basically work standalone on on the headset which is i think is good for ease of use comfortability etc etc but holds the games back from a visual you know level of fidelity that is as impressive as it could be. Uh, and I think will be as impressive as we'll see on PSVR uh, too. Um, but yes, I'm with you. Uh, Moss Book 2 is awesome. Uh, and I'm glad. I think this means it's also going to come out on Steam. Uh, eventually, I, I think that that announcement will be coming soon. Uh, so it, hopefully everybody that got to play the first Moss will get to play Book 2 and a whole bunch of other people that haven't played it because it's great. Oh, Moss is so good. Everyone go play Moss. What are you doing right now? Well, listen to this and then go play Moss, please. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Some other interesting stuff. Uh, Among Us VR looks looks really cool. We knew it was coming more uh, visual of that. I think that that game will be really, really fun in VR. Uh, A a sort of announcement and immediate drop same day of uh, a new mode for Resident Evil 4 VR. That Mercenaries mode from RE4 is now in VR. I haven't had a chance to try it myself. I do own RE4 in VR, so I, I do want to try. I just haven't had a chance to yet. Um, no, we all know that, Jeff. The assumption is for everybody is what consoles you don't own RE4 on. Everybody assumes know, you right? have it on. We all have it on all of them, and you have yeah. to <laughs> specify when you don't have it. That's <laughs> so true. Um, Cities VR looks really cool. Uh, the Cities franchise done in VR. We knew that was coming as well. No big surprise there. Red Matter 2, Aspire 2 uh, franchises, VR franchises getting sequels. Um, the, the most interesting, uh, bone lab looks really cool because, uh, the bone works, a game uh, was a, a top tier, I think experience, um, kind of doing half-life VR before half-life VR, honestly, uh, and doing really interesting things. So I, I'm excited to see what that team does next. But for me, I I'm genuinely excited about NFL pro era, which was kind of a surprise announcement Mostly because huh. of how much I love VR Sports Challenge, which is a vastly underrated VR game. I haven't talked about it in a long time, but it was a launch title on Oculus that was way better than it had any right to be. <laughs> so much fun. It included a, a, a football mode, a basketball mode, a hockey mode, and a baseball mode. And uh, the football mode is great fun. I mean, the whole game is great fun. It, it it really is mini games for football, but it proves that like that you can do it in VR and it'll be a blast. And so I hope this game is a blast. Uh, NFL Pro Era, which was announced, um, but cool stuff I think from the MetaQuest Gaming Showcase. Uh, nothing earth shattering. Ghostbusters got the most press as you might expect, um, but I do think this is the calm before the storm for whenever PSVR two unleashes the all the all the people that have been working on VR and we just haven't heard about it. It felt cool, but very safe. Like, and even with Ghostbusters, we didn't see it. 
right? Yeah. It was just kind of a CG or whatever pre-rendered trailer. So this felt like, hey, we have stuff. Yeah. And everybody's like, yay, stuff. And it's going to be good stuff. <laughs> we <Right>. promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I do want to hit a couple of other uh, quick news stories because there's so much good stuff to talk about. But first, let me thank our sponsor, which is Mailgun. Mailgun is how modern companies work with email. The platform's ease of use, world-class support, and powerful APIs empower smart development teams to reach real customers at scale with a data-driven approach so their organization can grow faster. Send and track your transactional and marketing messages effortlessly. Prevent fake signups and remove invalid email addresses from your list quickly. Partner with email experts to improve your email deliverability and drive higher conversion rates. Today, Mailgun helps hundreds of thousands of companies and leading brands around the world provide connected experiences and drive smart results. Mailgun empowers companies around the world to solve complex communication problems. Through its powerful email API and intuitive email marketing solutions, Mailgun controls the entire email lifecycle from pre-deployment through delivery of over 240 billion emails a year for companies like DHL, Wikipedia, Toast, Lyft, and Microsoft. Our send time optimization capability automatically finds the ideal send time for each and every individual on your list at the time they are most likely to engage. It's never been easier to build connected experiences. Start sending with Mailgun. Do it today. Visit Mailgun.com to learn more. That's Mailgun, M-A-I-L-G-U-N.com to learn more. All right, guys. Um, there are there were a couple of uh, game announcements uh, this week as well. Uh, we had PAX East this week, which I I can't believe has happened. It just feels weird to have a PAX happen. It was, it was great. Uh, wish wish I could have gone. Um, but uh, there at PAX East, we saw a uh, a Tales from the Borderlands announcement from Randy Pitchford, CEO of Gearbox. On stage, it was kind of a uh, just sort of a uh, a lip service to the fact that Tales from the Borderlands is happening again. Tales from the Borderlands, of course, was the uh, the Telltale series set in Borderlands, the um, adventure game, branching storyline adventure game. But uh, evidently, uh, this will be developed in house by Gearbox, which uh, sounds really interesting. Paul, do you have? Uh, any fondness for tales from the borderlands? Are you excited that it is continuing? And if so, or even if not, what do you expect from this iteration of that franchise? I actually, I actually have never played that game. Mm. I'm also um, not a huge borderlands fan. I'm sorry to say mm. uh, I've tried. I've tried a couple times in the past, but I just, I just can't really like gel with the uh, just overall, you know, vibe, I guess. But yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who who really, really hold this one like near and dear to their hearts. So I'd be curious to see if it actually like feels like a you know a continuation of that series. Because from my understanding, that one in particular, or that or that sort of franchise, um, at least from what I know, I, I know very little about this. But like, I know that they're they were made by wait, who who made them originally? Telltale. Yeah. Telltale. Yeah. yeah. So like, which doesn't. Like, is, technically exist anymore, doesn't exist anymore yeah. so like is it gonna be like just like kind of similar 
watered down flavors of what that was or is it going to be like you know are people going to really consider it uh you know uh a true you know whatever continuation of that i'm I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I'm I'm only watching from the sidelines. Yeah, uh, evidently it's been in development in secret for a while now, Christian, and we can supposedly expect it this year in new Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, I know you're a fan of the Telltale games. I don't know if you're specifically a fan of these Borderlands ones, but are you hoping this hoping this kind of brings forward the that Telltale style of of adventure game? I'm hoping it does something fresh with that mm. telltale style. Uh, Walking Dead season one, whatever year that was on Weekend Confirmed, was my favorite game of the year that year. It blew me away. Telltale did something fresh and new with that adventure game style from like Sam and Max. And they were kind of making traditional point and click adventure games. And then Walking Dead, while, you know, you, the paths branched out and then kind of came together at the end. It's not as if your ending was completely different than my ending, blah, blah, blah. But the excruciating moment of those decisions made it really compelling. And then I feel like we got that same game in Minecraft and Guardians and Borderlands and Batman. Batman. Yeah. And it just kind of was like two. And they're all very similar. And the animation felt stilted and awkward. The engine started showing its age. And now we have a bunch of folks kind of picking up those pieces, right? I, I think technically Telltale does exist again, but it's people bought the the name and some of the IP and it, some of the devs are there, but not most. And their work, there is a new walking dead being made and now Borderlands. So I'm very curious kind of looking at all of these telltale. Oh, a, a wolf among us, a new yeah. wolf among us is being made as well. I'm curious if we look at all of these um, successor or spiritual successor telltale games, I bet somebody nails it, and that's what I'm hopeful for. I don't know which one it's going to be. The good news is I like all of these IP, <laughs> you know? So, like, I'll wait, get some reviews, and then see which one nails it, and then play it. But I do think the formula needs to be shaken up from where, what was the last one, Batman, before they kind of all went under, I think. It just felt guy walks across screen, gal walks across screen, talk, talk talk difficult choice yeah new guy walks across screen and it's like although what if it was robert pattinson uh, and and he was just like just really creepy the whole time the way he is in the batman that could be if he's got a vape pen on that belt i'm (laughs) in you know what the telltale games needed is more emo Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now you're now you are both speaking my language. So yeah, I've changed my answer, uh, Jeff. You found that uh, hole in my argument, and I'm all in. <laughs> I do think I know the recipe for me getting excited about this Tales from the Borderlands, and that is it is Tales from Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is what mm. what I'm hoping it is because uh, that game has all of a sudden made me care about Borderlands again in a big way. And that would be so fun if they made an adventure game that played out like a tabletop role-playing experience and used that humor and irreverence that Tiny Tina's showcases and it has all that fun setting. Yes, that sounds great. That sounds great fun. Um, But there's no indication that's what it is. But there's the potential. I think they should go all in on Tiny Tina's, by the way. (laughs) I mean, I know I think... From their perspective, that is, uh, you know, a divergent path from Borderlands that they're not, you know, that's not the main 
series, but uh, I think it is greater than symbol, the main series for me. Um, A friend pointed out, and I had missed this when it came out, um, Tiny Tina is rated T for teen. Yeah. And the Borderlands games were all M. Yes. And I feel like that restraint really helped them in Tiny Tina's because they couldn't just say foul language over and over and over and over and over and over. And over and over and over and over and, and over again. It actually makes the game more fun in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. They elevated the humor. They couldn't, yes. they couldn't just be sophomoric right. toilet humor all the I mean, time. It's, and it's a little sophomoric still, but, but, in a, oh, but, yeah. in a, you know, less on the nose way, <laughs> less, uh, I don't know, <laughs> less crude. A way, less on the toilet. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Less crude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. One, one other story is we got a, the announcement of a new World of Warcraft expansion called Dragonflight. This, uh, you know, of course, on the backdrop of all of the stuff we've talked about over the last two years from Blizzard and Activision Blizzard. Um, like and the COO of Facebook using or the COO was Cheryl's role, using her political will to cover up restraining orders that were taken out against her then boyfriend, Bobby Kotick. Sorry, I mean, did I interrupt just- with that? Unbelievably, yeah. unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievably, <Wild>. unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but you know, I there are hundreds of people working on this game that had nothing to do with that. Um, and I think we saw WoW uh, as somebody who has played World of Warcraft for you know since it the day it released. I was there on day one uh, and have come back for every expansion and feel farther away from world of warcraft than i've ever felt from it uh in that in that you know decade and a half um it it has never felt to me like oh i will never play wow again uh until now you know um and then here comes a an expansion where we get the the announcement that really only showed a very uh very non-specific kind of uh, generalized uh, cutscene. It's not the kind of cutscenes you get from Blizzard usually with these announcements, where it's like Sylvanas and you know Gul'dan and like all these these big characters from our universe, and it's dire peril. This was much more sort of restrained, and it's like, hey, guess what, everybody? There's bleeping <laughs> dragons, and you're gonna get to dr- ride them. Y'all heard of dragons? You like dragons? Right? I, I feel like, I mean, clearly this expansion's been in the works for a long, long time. But it also feels like I'm gonna get you to like WoW again and get super excited about WoW again. And here's how: dragons, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I gotta say, it had me tingling a little bit. It got you. It got to you. It got me. Not because the trailer is particularly awesome. But it's like, yeah, I, w- I want to fly dragons, and I want to be a dragon, <laughs> and I want to uh, have the, the new class and race uh, dragons, dragon stuff mm. with the dragon things, and I can do dragon stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now you know why I like Gran Turismo so much. Just replace dragon with car, and it's, <laughs> you can see where I'm coming from. Somewhere, so I, I, there was a ahead. production meeting, and some produ- producer, narrative producer, was like, okay, here are the storyboards for our big trailer for um dragon isles we're gonna it's gonna be incredible this is the big villain we're gonna bring back remember this big villain from way long ago we're gonna bring them back it's gonna be incredible here's the cinematic we're gonna have our animators we're gonna hear some sample animations and it's gonna be because what we're really introducing is dragons and then someone was like get rid of that 
Just the dragon one. Just the dragon one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, the details about the expansion sound really cool. There's a, a, a new race called the Drakthir. Um, it is the first ever combination of a race and class. Uh, it is uh, going to be, the, the class is going to be called Evoker, which will be either DPS or Healer, depending on your specification uh, or specialization, excuse me. And, uh, and yeah, you're going to get to ride dragons immediately. <laughs> you don't have to earn flight, I guess, in that expansion. You'll be able to ride dragons. And you have it like a weird little... the way the dragons are named. You still paying us, uh, which I felt like was <laughs> yeah. a little on the nose. But <laughs> got um, you suckers it's raising <laughs> the level cap, and there's dragons to ride, I'm, and you get. A... I'm curious though, as someone who knows nothing about World of Warcraft, although I do know a little bit about Final Fantasy 14, because we you know shameless plug thelinkshell.com. We got a Final Fantasy 14 vertical over at Fanbyte that y'all should check out. Um, but is this like is this new, you know, dragon stuff? Is it enough to like you think maybe you know maybe I don't know compete with the you know the rise of Final Fantasy fourteen because I get the impression as an outsider that like I think people are like flocking to Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen. I mean, I think that's the question, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's to me. It's funny if you had told me last week, you know, if you had asked me last week, will WoW is WoW receding and will it ever rival Fantasy? Final Fantasy 14 again. Like it, it felt to me like the the graph the the graphs were intersecting on the, you know, one was going up and one was going down type of type of deal. Uh for a long time, for years. And certainly world events and, and news events at Blizzard didn't help that, but I it also wasn't the only reason for that. And sure. uh if you know, if you had asked me like, well, is you know, will WoW ever be the a dominant MMO again, I would have said I I genuinely don't don't think so. And then this happened, and I'm like, ah, maybe they can pull a rabbit out of a hat. <laughs> it's, 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 it, it, it does sound a dragon, like... dragon, Jeff. A dragon. There dragon no rabbits, out of a clear. hat. <laughs> it's just right so there, cool, Ranch. It might actually work. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that, I wish, you know, I don't know. Christian, do you have any... Uh, I know mean, you're not a wow guy. Neither of you guys are wow guys, but this does feel like it's cool enough that it could it it feels like a return to something simpler i mean to give you context i don't know how much either of you know about this but the last expansion was literally the afterlife it was like we've done everything we can't i guess we'll just you're just dead the whole time <laughs> and there's still ways to die at, when you're dead um i mean there's some cool stuff about shadowlands but uh it, it did feel like, wow, we are really far from where we started from. You know, like mm. you are in a place that is at the afterlife and it's weird. And this one feels like, no, man. It's dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no... Um, this is just an anecdotal. Just seat of the pants here. Seat of the, I'm wearing shorts. Seat of the shorts. Um I wonder if this is a reflection of that plateaued uh, lifespan of, wow. You know, I'm not saying this won't be great. I'm not saying this won't bring a lot of people back to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. Um, But (laughs) I do wonder if, you know, it's like, this is our budget. This is what we can do. 
uh, like you said, not only had they, did they reach the afterlife already in expansions and how far that got from where it started, they've also restarted where they started. You, yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's a snake getting its tail. I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. what else. I mean, uh, even, even with this, it's like, there's a new class and a new race. Hey, where'd y'all come from? Shut up, panda. Okay. <laughs> well, that happens a lot. I mean, that happens a lot. Right. The right. pandas right. had that happened with the pandas. Yes. Like and that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. That's why yeah. the pandas are being told to shut up. They did yeah. it themselves. Um, you know, it's like the the joke of LeBron that the the guy on TikTok who does like LeBron impressions when he's like, "I'm 36. I'm 30." It's like, how do you keep going? You know, you're the best ever, and then at some point, yeah. your knees yeah. don't work anymore. And when 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 do Wow's knees fall apart? I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. not as quick as Overwatch's, but that's another mm. discussion. I'm oh, sorry, I, I just had to throw a little shade. I'm sorry, <laughs> a little shade on DLC. Well, it'll be interesting to see if Overwatch <laughs> can pull a dragon out of their hat because. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's possible that they're they're going to be in in beta uh, at, at yeah, some point yeah. pretty soon. Anyway, uh, I I'm I'm excited about this expansion in in a way that I didn't think I could be, and it's not because I've never flown a dragon in WoW. I, I own many dragons as as riding mounts, many dragons. But there's something about like it's an entire expansion of dragons. <laughs> <laughs> There's dragons everywhere. You're gonna tune your dragons. You're gonna <laughs> like, do some lap times. Yeah. No, it's it just sounds rad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we'll see. I'm sure that it's not coming anytime soon, but uh, I can't wait to find out more. And I'm like, I'm, I'm excited about it again. All right, uh, let's talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call the playlist. Paul, there are a lot of really. Ooh, this, mm-hmm. I don't know why I did that. Fun. <laughs> Paul, there are a lot of really excellent games out right now. So many to choose from. What is at the top of your playlist? I think the thing always at the top of my playlist and always in my heart and on my head right now, actually, on my head. <laughs> Uh, is uh, Gran Turismo 7. I uh, love that game so much. I've been waiting for it for a very long time. Um, I have like talked about this on, on so many pods, so I'm sorry if you're listening to me again on a pod talking about Gran Turismo, but get ready, get comfortable for the next 10, 15 minutes. Um, I, love, I love this game so much. I, I started on Gran Turismo 3 way, way back when. Uh, kind of really kick-started my, my love of cars and, and racing in a way that I didn't necessarily realize until like a couple of years ago uh, which is which is really interesting um but yeah i i have been so i have a little sim set you can actually see it in, in the corner of my camera well you guys can see it in the corner of my camera i have my little wheel back there it's on a little stand that i mm. have that i can kind of fold up and put away if i wanted to but um yeah it's, it's just my like sometimes it's the first thing i not the first thing i do in the morning but i i'll carve out some time before i get to work um just to like you know, do some lap times, try to try to do some mission challenges. And I just completed all the GT cafe uh, missions. And I have been really, really diving into the game in a way that I was pretty sure I was going to, um, <laughs> I, I knew that I was going to, you know, dive in head first and just never come back up really. And I've, I've kind of been there for a while, even though I don't play it as much as I, as, as I would like to, I, you know, I've kind of been away and I've been doing a bunch of other things, but um, Gran Turismo is such a, to me is like such a like technological feat in so many different ways and, and sort of, you know, divorced from the, uh, 
the uh, the conversations around the the weird pricing and, and money things that, that are happening at the moment with that game. They're, they're still trying to figure that out. And like, for me, it hasn't necessarily affected anything, but I, I get the frustration and, and I agree. And the fact that it's always online is, is a bummer. There are things to the game that aren't perfect. Like yep. even the physics, the physics model isn't perfect in, in a, a couple ways and certain cars you have to really, um, you know, you really have to compensate in different ways by tuning it a certain, certain way. And this besides all that that the way the game really teaches you like actual like racecraft and like race iq and and you know these really interesting practical things that that you that can actually help you in, in you know in, in in real life like drive better it's so cool like I, I remember um uh a while ago when i was uh traveling we went to um and this was before Gran Turismo 7 came out but i was already doing a lot of sim driving um we went to like a karting track in, in Florida somewhere. Like we, you know, drove some gas powered cars around, around a track. And a lot of the lessons that, you know, I was learning in Gran Turismo you know, about like the racing line and, you know, centrifugal force and, and you know, how to break in a straight line. All these things were like really helpful in, in me actually getting like a pretty decent lap time as someone who was like stepping into that cart for the first time. So like, you know the sim racing side of things the the tuning side is, is an aspect that i didn't see myself getting into but i i, I you kind of have to at, at a certain point you have to like really uh understand what's happening to your car when you you know reduce the weight and you're adding different in you know intakes and coolers and parts to the engine that like i are still kind of foreign to me like i love cars and racing but i don't love them to that granular detail quite just yet i'm still you know learning about a lot of that stuff but gran turismo is really that sort of uh, um, educational tool that 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 really holds your hand and tells you, hey, yeah, when you lower the car, this is what's going to happen to the the car if you do this a certain way. So it really holds your hand and, and excuse me and, and tells you what you're doing when you do it, and it helps you understand what the car is doing and how to handle it better and, and ways to sort of you know apply a little bit more finesse as opposed to just hammering the gas all the time. So it's like the game is a infinite well of things for me to just constantly get back into and, and pull stuff up from and like i'm not even talking about the the replays that i love to watch after after a race and i can sort of study it like game tape where i'm you know trying to understand why i, I might have you know spun out here or why uh or or that cool overtake i did at the, in the final lap or whatever it's like it's it's just so such a beautiful experience if if you happen to be into motor racing and, and cars uh, that it's like, I'm surprised I've said this before, but I'm like, I'm just shocked. The game isn't like a thousand dollars or something because it's like, it really is this, uh, oh, amazing learning be. tool. The game, yeah. The game, definitely can, the game be can be. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually haven't had a, uh, too much of a problem with that because I did, I am a go hard and I got the, uh, the special edition one that comes with, you know, a million credits or whatever. So I never really had the problem of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm short for cash or whatever inside the game because, um, I guess I always had that starting boost of money that I got with my pre-order. But even then, like, I think just doing the the circuit experiences where you actually have to learn the track, like sector by sector and turn by turn and just doing regular, you know, regular missions and, and races, you, you can get a lot of money. Like you, you can you can you get that stuff pretty quick. But I think people have just been really uh, sort of conditioned by the Forza Horizon 5 uh ification of like just throwing cars at you and and giving you wheel spins for you know cool shades and oh never mind it's a truck actually um that 
it's kind of bizarre for Gran Turismo 7 to just like really slow you down and say, no, 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 you're going to get to work on this one car <laughs> in this series of races. I think it's kind of cool. I, I think it's a it's a wonderful experience. I mean, Christian, I know you, I, you've been playing it, right? Yeah, how how far along are you in your motorsport life? Um, I haven't bought my wheel yet, you know, yet. and I know you've talked about it, but I want for our audience, I do want you to talk about your wheel. Um, but before that, uh, what I want to talk to you about with this game, Paul, is I love how it doesn't talk down to you with this stuff. Yeah. It's not like there are some games and, and not, you know, trying to go a sim approach, but sometimes there are games where it's like trying to be cheeky and it's like, Hey idiot, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever, or like that's kind of the attitude of the game. And the attitude of Gran Turismo is not that. Like it is jazz. You are sipping <laughs> a an Americano, uh, mm-hmm. and someone is politely describing to you G force and understeer. <laughs> and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, interesting. I had no idea. And I feel like you either love that or it's it's not enough. And and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps odd where I love Forza Horizon and I love pop punk and being dropped out of a helicopter onto oh, a volcano with fireworks going off. But I also love my con law professor sitting me down <laughs> and telling me the difference between understeer and oversteer and how yeah. I'm not going to drift this front wheel drive car the way I think I'm going to. And I'm like, yeah. thank you, sir. You know, this yeah. is, I feel this, I like this blanket and I really, this is wonderful tea, by the way. And you get a nice hug and you know, you get <laughs> yeah. to go on your way. He's like, I love you. I love you too, man. Um, yeah, so what, so yeah. what's your wheel and when did you start wheeling? So I, uh, it, it, it's all been kind of a blur to be honest. Uh, it, it all started <laughs> at the top of 2021, mostly because of like the pandemic. Uh, but, um, it started mostly at the, at the top of 2021 by me finally deciding to check out formula one, which I did. And that's another rabbit hole that I've tumbled down. Obviously I'm in being a goofball wearing a McLaren hoodie right now, but Netflix um, is a great, is a great, uh, entry point to that. If you, if you want to get sucked in, I'm not saying you should, you should, no, you but should. if you want you to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I got into just, I mean, but, and then also like, you know, for years, even prior to that, I, I've been getting back into GT sport, just like watching a lot of this one particular YouTuber, super GT who I love, I, I, you know, he, he's a great YouTuber. It's great to watch and understand, uh, cause he, he kind of like just plays his, his replays of, of the race and he kind of commentates and gives you an idea of like what he was thinking, what was happening in real time, which is really helpful to understand the dance that happens in, in a, in a motor race, which is like, there, there is a, there is a sort of like, you know, um, an order to things like it, it has to be sort of choreographed. Otherwise it's, you know, not fair and it's also dangerous. So it, there has to be this sort of like rock, paper, scissors things that happens <clears throat> around turns or whatever. So that, that part of it really fascinated me. Um, so I decided to get a wheel. I, I got a, um, I got a pretty, uh, cheap entry level wheel. It's a, it's a Logitech G29. I got it again at the top of last year. And I got the pedal and the optional shifter uh, with it. And I was using it on my desk for a while until, you know, it just didn't feel safe. Like every time I would take a hard <laughs> turn or hit a curb, like my monitors were wobbling. I was like, okay, that's probably enough of that. Um, so I got the stand eventually. And um, need the it, optional I, yeah. uh, seat belt attachment. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you can tell I'm, I'm getting, I'm halfway there. I just got to get to it. Yeah, get the five point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, it, it's been great. It's been, I, I love to drive. I, I, I think like driving for me is like very therapeutic. I also just like, you know, I do love going fast in a, in a sports car, you know, in a, in a safe controlled environment. I'm not advocating for street racing out there. Everybody be safe. Um, but there, there is a beauty to these machines and, and how they behave. And, and there's such an interesting, um, 
that's a beautiful translation of that when you when you introduce a wheel and pedals and shifter if you want i i, I mostly use the paddles for like the really really fast cars but i'll use my shifter I, I taught myself how to drive manual that way using sim uh some sim racers and sim driving games on pc um so there's like a there's a fun mindfulness that you get when you're driving uh on the wheel for me where like it reminds me a lot of playing something like Tetris where I'm, I'm obsessed with Tetris. I've always played Tetris since I I can remember. It's like my first memory of a game was me playing Tetris on the NES. Um, And I get into like this flow state where I, I, everything else kind of shuts off and I, and you know, it's like that Tetris effect thing where it's, I can only focus on that. And and I like, it's meditative. I like, I I can feel my, my breath and I, I like, I take a deep breath and that exact same thing happens to me when I play Gran Turismo on the wheel where I always find myself like on a, on a straight when I have a break to like, it's funny when you, you have like a break when you're, when you're going like 250 miles an hour, but it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, I can actually like take a breath. Um, I find myself inhaling like, like a real big breath and, and I like, I'm really calm. I'm really calm and focused and I'm in this like zone that I love to be in. I, I love to be in that, that really on that edge, you know, like that, that constant edge of, um, just losing it. That's where you kind of have to be in order to like actually go fast. And there's, there's a beautiful delicacy to the way racing happens. Unfortunately, it doesn't get reflected that way in Gran Turismo. Whereas on PC, if you hit a barrier or something, you know, you'll see the damage happen and you're like, Oh, it looks horrible. But on Gran Turismo, it's, you know, every, it's just like, there's no, that damage doesn't exist at all. You might see some effects happen and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I love it so much. And it's, it's such an interesting, I'm playing it on PS5 on my big TV. It's 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 so nice to experience it that way as well because like I I can't really think of I'm outside of like flight simulator and maybe some things in VR like uh, you know if if things are mapped correctly I can't think of other games that give me that like one to one control of a thing like of a, of a thing that's actually real and and actually behaves pretty realistic like if you were to actually do this in real life um so yeah it's it's fascinating I love it so much and um it's just like my daily meditative thing that I work on every day and, and get better at hopefully. And, and I have like shown signs of, I have a Twitter thread where I just up, I upload clips and, and photos of stuff that I've been up to. And you can sort of track the progression of like, you know, ways I mess. I post my L's too. Like, you know, if I spin out and crash, I'll post that and be like, Oh, here's how I lost one race or whatever. Um, because yeah, it's just like fun to take on a new hobby and, and get better at something and, and on the wheel. I, and, but at the same time, I'm rambling. I'm sorry, but no, uh, I, I am here for this. My <laughs> okay, cool. Same with me. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not the guy who's gonna share that love uh, sure. in any sense. But I love hearing you talk about it. It's any, <laughs> anything you know. Anybody that's passionate about a topic, it's immediately interesting. And and hearing your mm. passion for it is is so fascinating. Do you do you think that because it has real world application? you feel a bit more inclined to put the time and energy into it. I mean, we're all, we're all game hobbyists. We, we love video games and I don't think any of us feels particularly guilty about devoting time and energy to a game, but it feels like hearing you talk, maybe there's a freedom in knowing that it also develops a skill outside of just playing a video game. Yeah, totally. It, it also, for me, I mean, I, as much as I would love to be able to buy a car and, and take it to track days and maybe even race, like, you know, in, in my fantasy world where that's possible and I'm actually brave enough to do that because I'm actually a big chicken. I'm a big, big baby. Um, 
I'm probably not going to do that because I, I, I do, I do like watch actual amateur racing and a bunch of professional racing as well now. And, um, there is a, it, it is scary. It's, it's a scary thing, you know, like cars are very scary and, and I've seen some pretty gnarly accidents and stuff where thankfully folks get away because walk away because a lot of, um, a lot of stuff is really safe now, but also there's still that danger where something can go wrong and you might not necessarily be all right after that crash. Um, hey, you so, knew I was going to pit you into the wall. You knew I was going to pit you. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it, it's scary and, and I, I don't have the budget to do that in real life as much as I would like to. So having a simulated version of that lets me do that across like, you know, 20, 30 tracks around the world in a single afternoon and like and doing it in cars that are simulated pretty realistically like in ferraris and stuff that i could never really afford so it's like there is that aspect to it that like oh there there are some some of this could translate to me actually getting behind the wheel of a, of a, a real car you know well probably not all of it because there's a lot, bunch of buttons and switches i don't know what they do but um <laughs> there there is like a really a really cool um th- that sort of sense of progression is fun to 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 take in because like again being able to, I remember the first time plugging my wheel and trying to take the, uh, I forget what car I had, but I was trying to take a car out on the Tokyo Expressway with like my manual shifter and I was just crashing into every barrier and I was spinning out everywhere. And now I can actually do those races like pretty well. Like, to, you know, I don't want to toot my horn too much, but like I can do them pretty well. And and um, even on some nights when I don't want to use my wheel, like sometimes it is kind of cumbersome to set up and I just want to get a couple races in. Playing on the DualSense is incredible. Like yeah. I, I think... Um, they have found a weird magic with the with that um, formula that they've obviously been perfecting for 25 years. So it, it makes sense that it would feel this good and and you know c- communicate a lot of information to your hands that sometimes the wheel doesn't. At least my wheel doesn't. Mine's pretty cheap, but like you know the 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 resistance in your in your brakes sometimes, or or like if you're you know if you hammer the gas too much out of an exit and you feel your your rear tires sort of spin you out like your controller will communicate that to you in a way that's faster to react to than actually seeing it visually so there's a tactile and like reflexive visual thing happening that like i don't get from other games maybe like elden ring like i think that's kind of a similar vibe where you have to sort of really be you know on it like you have to be like frame perfect but you know or fighting games or whatever there's probably a bunch of games like that but with Gran Turismo you know with the wheel and like my you know my feet you know moving the pedals and, and the clutch if, I, if I'm shifting there's so much more control happening like you know like just using my body that that it feels a little more satisfying than just using my my hands mm. um yeah it's 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 fascinating it's it's and it's a whole world like there's a, there's a whole you know YouTube world and Twitch world and you know, influencer world of, of sim racers who, one of which actually, I think went over to formula three or formula two uh, recently. Um, and someone in, in the Twitch chat actually was talking about uh, Jimmy Broadbent, who's actually a sim sim racing YouTuber who races now for real, like in real life, which is like there, Jeff, to, to your question earlier, there is a little bit of that glimmer in my eye of like, wow, maybe, maybe I could be a good <laughs> racer. I don't know. McLaren, yeah. call me. I'll, I'll be a test driver. <laughs> call me. That's awesome, man. I, I I love it. It makes me a little worried about you for when the the whatever however long it was three or four days when no one could play Gran Turismo. What did you? Do? I feel like oh, your whole world must have come crashing down. 
I, I didn't even know because I, I was like, I think I was away somewhere. And then I came mm. home and I was like, oh, I can't wait to play some Gran Turismo, baby. And I turned <laughs> it on. I was like, wait, what? I can't even like play like my campaign, like my single player stuff. Um, that was a bummer, but I, but I'm, I was okay. I'm, I'm like, there, there's again, going back to our conversation previously, like, there's a lot of stuff that I can get around to, and there's a lot of books I should be reading and stuff that I should be <laughs> doing and people I should be calling that I was like, I'll be all right without Grand Turismo for a day or two. Um, <laughs> day which three, I was, though, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I, it was my, funny. Sorry, go ahead. My last question about this is, do you feel this way about Forza Motorsport? Or is is Gran Turismo unique to you? I mean, do you get excited when a new Forza Motorsport comes out, or is this uh, the franchise? This is the franchise for me. Mm-hmm. This is the one I think for a lot of people too. Um, going back to GT One is like this is the one that got people to love cars. And mm-hmm. I think what, like like Christian was saying earlier, like the sort of reverence the game has for car culture and and the engineering and and the the actual sport aspect of it, which I think a lot of people downplay, which is. Which is so curious to me because it's a physically demanding and exhausting thing to do. Just like hurl your body around the track at 250 miles an hour while you're pulling like five, six Gs. Like I, I think a lot of people don't understand what that's like, especially under different conditions and, and weather and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I I forgot what your question was, but I started talking uh, about just com- comparing Forza to GT and and why. Uh, why they're after you right now. Uh, I know. I'm so sorry. You shouldn't y'all. have been uh, doing this entire podcast literally driving down the road. It was <laughs> Yeah, I know. That was that was a bit of a mistake. I apologize. <laughs> um Yes. I, I, I love Forza uh Horizon. I, I didn't really play a lot of the Forza Motorsports. I played one one or two, but they don't have that like there's a little like magic. There's a little mm. there's a little sasson. With, with with Gran Turismo that that doesn't exist in in a lot of the other in my opinion <clears throat> racing or sim games that like uh, I've played the hardcore ones on PC and those are fun but they you know if you shift wrong you break your car and it's like oh that's not fun um, and Gran Turismo is not as punishing as that and I think it does a good job of giving you that it, it's more of like a it's a simulation racing game but it, it does have some arcadey aspects to it in a way. Um, but I think the inclusion of all of those learning tools where it teaches you about the track and it, it teaches you how to, you know, um, basically drive a course sector by sector and, and perfect a thing really is like, it's, it's really beautiful to me. Like I, th- I think if people want to learn how to race and, and are, are interested in racing, I think Gran Turismo is the place to start because mm-hmm. it, it kind of holds your hand and teaches you about different categories and you know, even down to like the tuning aspects. Like if I'm if I'm hovering over like what my I don't know compression rate or whatever that means for my suspension. If I if if you press square, it'll tell you like, oh, okay. So here's what you want to know about this. Like it's so it's so kind to you as like a learning tool that it it never really feels like it's judging you in any way. Like Christian was saying earlier, it's like it's just like your buddy that also loves motorsports, but also is you know helping you fall more in love with it it's 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 great i love gran turismo i could wax poetic about it for yeah hours. It's, it's lovely to hear you talk about it on uh, really <laughs> cool uh what else is on your playlist uh, i'll go through these pretty quickly but I've, I've also been playing elden ring because elden ring is probably one of the most amazing games i've ever played in my life uh that's still to be determined to see how far i, I get into it but I, I generally bounce off of FromSoft games even though i like them I, I played a good chunk of bloodborne and i streamed it actually and uh, not to brag, but I was I was pretty good at Bloodborne. Um, 
and uh, this, uh, you know, I, I'm sadly I can't say the same is true with Elden Ring, but there is a um, I, I find myself so drawn to it and so hypnotized by the things that it's doing, and it's it's like the uh, that that pure adventure feel of like a game that doesn't really tell you much and doesn't doesn't want to hold your hand, <laughs> sort of like the opposite of Gran Turismo, doesn't really want to hold your hand. It's not interested in doing that, and and wants you to actually pay attention to the to the the item descriptions and like you know things that people say and like maybe even like I, I would highly recommend having a notebook playing this game it's like one of those things where it genuinely does feel like a like an adventure i was talking to my brother last weekend about where we were in the game and you know talking about things like oh did you find the dragon at the lake did you kill the dragon at the lake and it's you know you that's that, early Jeff? spoilers dragon. dragon yeah there's dragons again and I, there's dragons. All, I didn't tell you guys this but i'm also a huge fan of lakes nice you're gonna wait to get a load of elden ring um yeah no but i'm i'm really enjoying it i've I've had a couple moments where i've I've had to ask for some some assistance from friends online to come help me like you know beat up a boss but uh i'm loving it the sense of exploration the the little details throughout and like the how spooky it is overall too like it's it is just doing so many things that i wish more games would do in the sense of like again trusting the player not needing to explain everything and put breadcrumb trails everywhere it's kind of like it's interesting because i've been hearing you talk about um uh, horizon and and i i remember playing the first one the first time it's it's actually kind of tragic that horizon continues to come out um around other incredible open world games yeah. that are just like just seminal like throwing the rules genre <laughs> defining games of a generation yeah. yeah yeah and like and you know i i made the mistake of playing the first horizon after playing breath of the wild which to me was like that breath of the wild to me was my favorite game of that year and it's definitely in my top five of all time i, I love breath of the wild for those same reasons the 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 sort of sense of exploration and not always holding your hand if, if you don't want it to and um you know, letting you stumble, get lost and, and, and make up your own stories. That's like one of my favorite things about those open world adventure kind of games. I think back to Breath of the Wild, Metal Gear 5, you know, a lot of these games that like were really um, important to me in, in that sense, like of just being able to get lost in a world like that and, and make my own stories of like ways that I barely made it out of a dungeon, like, you know, with a pixel of health and just like, oh, wow, I can't believe I did that. Like I actually did that. I got the treasure. Um, there's something beautiful about that. And I think FromSoft has perfected a lot of that formula, especially with the combat and the, the, the lore and the stories and the characters, the music, the atmosphere. It's just, uh, it's so easy to get lost in and, and it's a pleasure to get lost in, even if it's like scaring you to death the whole time. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, I can't, I'm only like, I'm, and I'm only like 40 hours in, which I, I know is a lot, but compared to the, hours that i hear people are playing with this game i'm like oh i'm gonna be playing this game for five years and i'm okay with that it's gonna be like a a series of books that's gonna take me forever to get through and and um i'm okay with that like i i uh i'm happy to do that you know yeah i love it uh you speak eloquently about uh, both of these uh games and and both of them i'm like i'm standing on the sidelines going i want to feel that um, yeah. I will get around to playing Elden Ring eventually. I, I am. I promise. I. But that's okay though too, because I, I've, I'm like that too with a couple of other games that I know people adore, and I'm just like, I just don't get it. Like, I'm sorry, I yeah. just don't understand. And like, I've tried, but I just can't do it. And if, if it's not for you, it's not for you. It's it's one of those things where it's like, it's totally fine to be able to at least at the at the very least, you know, um, read a couple, you know, really interesting uh, opinion pieces on it, and watch a couple video essays to really 
extract the lessons that are being learned from this one because it is pretty abrasive. It, it is kind of one of those games that is is hard to to get into. But um, yeah, I, I I wish you could find the love for it. But maybe it's like Horizon with me. Like I had to just like walk away and come mm. back. And I actually wound up loving the first Horizon. I haven't played the newest one yet. I'm, I'll get to it eventually. But it's gonna take. I probably have to do the same thing I did with um, Breath of the Wild, where I'll need some time to let. Elden Ring just sort of wash away and then I'll forget about it and then play Horizon because I want to play Horizon. It, it looks gorgeous and I've, I've heard nothing but great things, but it's it's tough for me to separate and compare those two experiences so close to one another because yeah. to me, Elden Ring is like, you know, breaking the mold and Horizon, at least from the outside looking in, I haven't played the second one yet, but I have experience with the first one, feels like a game that I've played before and, and you know, there's a lot of those same beats are being hit but um, I'm still happy to see those things happen and, and see the new ways they're also trying to experiment with breaking that mold. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I'm going to be the guy that's like talking about Elden Ring, you know, six months from now when everybody's done talking about it. And I'm like, hey, I just figured out this game's pretty good. <laughs> and like I did with uh, Outer Wilds, it was like two years later. And I'm oh. like, I would have been yeah. on my top ten in the year if I had. That known. was my favorite game. Yeah, my favorite game that year. Yeah. yeah. So not not yet because of the VR uh, uh, ad for Elden Ring that didn't get that didn't do it that didn't do it for you. Is there a VR ad for Elden Ring? Uh huh. They're doing VR in Elden Ring. Not officially. Oh, it's a mod. Hmm. I mean, uh-huh. I'll try it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not gonna not try it. <laughs> Yeah, or it's it's out in beta and it's coming. Like it's it, people are poking around at it, so it's that's a thing. cool. It's, I want there to be more third person games in VR. I, I say this over and yeah. over and over again, but yeah, Moss proves that it's possible. Yeah, it doesn't have to all be first person. You're there. Your hands are the hands thing. It, it's still great to be immersed in the world and looking at it from you know pulled back. It's El- the Elden Ring one is first person. Oh, is it? Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, but, anyway, but also that other it. stuff you see. I'll still try. <laughs> uh, all right, anything else you wanted to to bring up, Paul? Yeah, I uh, so th- I'll try to make this as fast as possible because I, I I spent way too much time on Gran Turismo. Um, no such thing. I've, that's true. I've been playing Advance Wars on on GBA uh, the GBA version of Advance Wars because I, I have the cartridge somewhere and I've never played it. I, well, I played a little bit of it, but I you know it was just a weird time for me to start playing it anyway. Um, but I, I I bought a little emula- emulation device that I only play things that I currently have and legally own. I would never advise you to just stick to, uh, you know, online storefronts that disappear and you can never play those games again. Um, so I've been playing it that way. And it's been it's been wonderful. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I wish this experience and maybe it does. But I, I, I tend to like, ah, man. I haven't had a chance to talk to y'all about the play date, which I'm so excited to get, which I pre-ordered. I can't wait to get it because I love very niche, like single purpose uh, or, you know, so to speak, devices that are like really weird. And, and you know, yeah, that's kind of obnoxious and, and uh, you know, kind of weird or whatever. But um, like I have like a mini disc player that I still use that I <laughs> make mixes on. Um, I, you know, I can't wait for the play date. Again, I, I buy dumb peripherals for video games all the time. But um, there's like there's a beauty again to that simplicity of these older games that I wish existed on mobile on on like on phone that just don't and and even if they did my phone is like my least favorite device to use um, because it's not really like a great it's not really great at anything in particular it just has to be this like blob that just 
becomes whatever you need it to be, which yeah. I don't love. Yeah. Um, so, and also not to, not to mention the fact that if I were to be playing, say a version of advanced words on my phone, which I'm sure probably exists, um, there'd be notifications about from text messages or, or Slack notifications, or there'd be, you know, this or that. And the device is constantly trying to, to get you to do something else and just stay attached to it. Um, and there is a beauty to, I, I bought a little, I bought this guy, a little Anbernic, um, um, handheld device, which I loaded, um, games that I <clears throat> legally own, obviously, and have backed up myself. Uh, so I've been playing those games on there. And one of which, one of the games I was deciding to maybe, you know, get a copy of and <clears throat> back up and emulate was uh, Chrono Cross. And the, with the recent release of Radical Dreamers, the edition, I was like, oh, cool. This, this sounds kind of neat. And me kind of having done a little bit of research watching that Digital Foundry video uh, where they kind of t- took a look at how it performs across all the different platforms, uh, cued me into the fact that it actually like doesn't run well at all. And uh, apparently the Switch version is better to play handheld because it runs at a lower resolution. So it's it's just a little better that way. And I, you know, I got suckered and I bought it and um, I've, I've been playing Radical Dreamers because I wanted to play that first before I played Chrono Cross and I've been really enjoying it. I I've, I've, I've love the, the re- revisiting an old format of a game that I never played. I never really played text adventures and um, those sort of old school style experiences where like, you know, it's, it's just literally like a list of choices and you're choosing a thing, but the background is being rendered a certain way that you know, reflects the environment that you're in or a character that you're fighting. It's, it's really cool. The music, the sound effects are, I, I love seeing what they were working with, with the limitations of the time. I always find that really fascinating to see how creative they had to get. And it, it they get really creative. It's, it's wonderful. Like it's really well written. There are like touching moments between characters. And, um, and then I made like 20 minutes of progress and messed up and I had to do that 20 minutes over and then I tried to save it and I couldn't do it. And then I messed up again and I had to do that 20. And I was like, okay, you know what? I think I'm done here. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Because it uh, turns out it doesn't have save states, which, um, you know, emulation lets you do. And uh, Dreamers doesn't have save states. It doesn't have save states. And, huh. and it's such a bummer because I was having such a good time with it that my, I guess my solution for this now is I'm just going to watch a YouTube playthrough from where I was and, experience it that way which is not as great and hearing about the performance issues and the and the the smudgy like textures of the backgrounds when using this weird ai upscaling um method it really like muddies it up and using the old textures with the new 3d models doesn't look that great it's just like another example of square completely botching one of its like easy like layup ports in my opinion because they've done it before like they've they've been able to do like uh that's how I played Chrono Trigger the first time was on my 3DS on a DS cartridge, which was excellent. It was basically the game with, you know, with cool features and like an incentive to want to get it. And Radical Dreamers doesn't feel like that. And it's such a shame because um, I was really enjoying it. And now I'm probably just going to emulate it on my device because I'd rather just have save states. You know what I mean? Like because revisiting some of those older games for me, that's the biggest hurdle is b- bumping into those you know, time sinks where it's like, oh, I just wasted 30 minutes doing this thing and now I have to reload. And yeah, it's a bummer. I, I was loving it and I'm, I'm probably going to love it on my emulation device, but not, not the uh, <laughs> official version. So, yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue uh, into talking about your playlist, Christian, because I know you've been playing some older stuff as well. 
Yeah, so I uh, was supposed to be in Wyoming right now helping my in-laws with a project. And one of the people I was going to go with to help with some of the technical know-how on the project uh, has COVID. So that trip got canceled. Luckily for us that we're going to go do this thing, uh, and and they're doing well. Um, But they had symptoms and tested before we left because that would have been bad if we were in working on some cabin and stuck there for a long time. Uh, so with this magical free time, I was like, you know what? And I'll talk about this more on paid DLC, Jeff. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was like, I, I need to do something. I need to tackle a project still that I was going to, you know, what am I going to do? So I tackled uh, my garage and in doing so in tackling my garage and reading some threads on, reset era about older games um what does someone do jeff when they have more incredible games that have come out in the first four months of this year than they have time they hook up their ps3 and play <laughs> old games is what ah, they do uh, perfect yes of course <laughs> I, I saw it sitting there and i also texted you some pictures of me playing some game boy games on my analog um and as i was going through my garage each little box was like a did I get it done? No, but did I have wonderful memories with each box? I was like, I can't get rid of you box of precious treasures. Like I will, <laughs> I will put you right back where you were for another two years until I look at you again. Um, but I came across my PS three and I fired up two games uh, that I put a lot of time in. I too, I should say resistance Two and the first infamous. So I'm going to change cameras here on the, uh, there we go on the stream. Remember when people said that the games in that generation were all brown? It just happens to be that. Look at the two, the box art for both of them. Oh, this <laughs> oh is God, God of War Ascension. God of War Ascension. Yeah. Resistance 2. Mm-hmm. God of which say, I mean, literally. Yeah. The same color palette. For folks uh, just listening, picture brown. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but Paul, what you were talking about hits on so many levels because. One, yeah, I'll start with a specific game. Resistance 2, I love. Its campaign is paced so perfectly. And I guess what I'm saying is maybe I am a target audience for PS Plow, Jeff, because it is hard to revisit these PS3 games. And that's why I subscribed to PS Now initially, um, was to revisit some of them even then. You know, Metal Gear Solid 4, I don't know if it exists anywhere else. Uh, I guess through PS Now, right? Like there are games that are trapped on, on this system. And Resistance 2, is, I was like, oh, I want to play a little Resistance. And I uh, texted friend of the show, James Stevenson. I was like, memory lane, you know, whatever. Uh, and I was like, in my head, I was like, I will now be done with this game. And then I played for two and a half hours because it has such, dare I say, simple story beat first person shooter pacing of huge set piece, blast through a corridor, open expanse, figure out this shooting gallery as you navigate a open, but yet by today's standards, small open kill box, huge set piece, cool cinematic, navigate this hallway, cool set piece, open kill box. And I'm just like, yeah, it's been two and a half hours. I'm liking this game. (laughs) I'm having fun. Exactly. This (laughs) is fun now. Um, And also in playing was just reminded of so many of the interesting things of the PS3 era. Uh, For starters, R1 is aimed down the sights and R2 is shoot. 
for the longest mm. time, Sony didn't put you on the triggers. It was the, the buttons or the shoulders where the shooty shoots. Um, and two. Because they weren't oh, real trigger triggers back then. They, well, oh, yeah. Next, yeah like they were kind buttons. of squishy squishes. Um, yeah, they're like fatter uh, yeah. shoulder buttons. They weren't. But they still, weren't Xbox actual had triggers. it. Xbox yeah. had it as the, the down yeah. guys. Because um, Xbox had actual just, triggers. Jeff, I'm trying <laughs> to make thoughts based on feelings, and you're making <laughs> thoughts based on facts. Okay? <laughs> what's that What's that saying? Never let a Jeff get in the way of a good story, I think is how it goes. Yeah, I uh, that a lot. Never let... <laughs> no, yeah, excellent points. Um, I was blown away by how slow everything about getting into a game on the PS3 oh was and is. <laughs> We're like, just to think, like save states, like you're talking about, Paul, like the things you just kind of take for granted now, and especially on Series X and PS5, where it's like, let me, let me pop into the setting. Let me do this. Let me quick resume this. You know what? B- buddies are playing Fortnite. Let me do this. You know what? I'm going to bounce back into this. I guess I'll watch a little bit of Netflix. Let me do this. And I hooked up my PS3 and I was like, I should actually make sure this is outputting at the correct resolution. I mean, I think it is because whatever. And then I go to the menu and the menu's like, Hey idiot, we have to stop literally everything you're doing right now. If you want to do this, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. And my PS3 was like, cool. Well, we're going to sit on this screen for 20 seconds. Anyway, go for a walk. We'll be, we'll be done in like three hours. Yes. And, and also like signing in. It's like the whole thing was just this, wild trip down memory lane that yes it's two generations ago now but in my head very much doesn't feel that retro to me and and going back to resistance two i was like one i want this franchise to continue i think it's a cool franchise the chimera and the ideas in which that world exists is is fun and interesting um, and the other game, and this will tie into these general thoughts as well. The other game that I ended up spending the most time with uh, was the first Infamous on PS3, which is also those games are locked onto that console. And Jeff, th- there is not, uh, there probably is, but of the games I played this weekend, my goodness, does Infamous represent the early aughts? <laughs> And like people in their head think, will think it's the nine. It just has this feel, right? It's just yeah. like everything, everything about it, like, you don't have a walk and it's like, you're running. And what's his name? <laughs> annoying friend is like, so I remember I thought he was annoying then, but he's so annoying. And, but like very air quote nineties annoying, but it wasn't the nineties. It was 20. Like everything tw- is post the matrix. Yeah. It's still right. And it was yeah. like, and Cole's voice is like, well, I guess I'm going to be a hero. And you're yeah. like, yeah, be a hero. And he's like, because I'm going to go. Oh, I can't. I could do Spice Man better than I can do with my cold voice. Um, <laughs> but it just has this like, uh, on it. Yeah. Everything's yeah. got a, yeah. uh, on it's, it. It's, a, it's an lo- era when literally every main character of a video game looked exactly the same. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. And, and, and felt the same on their yeah. insides too, you know? Like, yeah. And again, L1, R1, where your shooty shoots. But also, I say all that to say, what a wonderful open world game. Because I, when I launched it at first, I was on a save at the end of the game. And I literally, I did one thing. I was like, how did you do this thing and again? And I, I literally did this trick that went, 
hundred percent. That was all I hadn't done. Ah. Was like one stunt that I jumped off a building and did. I was like, well, perfect. Now what do I do? So I started a new game and it just feels so manageable as someone who just <laughs> wrote and did a video essay on a let's chats game. Let, let's chat games about open world gaminess and stuff like you're trapped on an island because of technical limitations yes but you're stuck on a little part of whatever it is manhattan or fictitious chicago island or wherever i forget where you are and i'm just like yeah now i know why i cleared i hundred percented everything in this game because i can it doesn't overstay its welcome my power progress i already unlocked like three power upgrades just in my you know hour and a half of playing Ah, oh, it felt <laughs> it felt like Advance Wars, Paul, is what I'm saying. Yes. It just felt like I'm an old, and this was a simpler time of like, yeah. remember when games were things that you'd beat in a week? And Elden Ring's <laughs> right? like, shut up, jerk. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> and then Grand was like, give me your money, punk. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Grand Trisma was like, do you really want that G9? You know you can get a direct drive box from you instead. <laughs> know. If you're already yeah. spending money on it, what's the difference, loser? And I'm like, you're yeah. right also. No, it was um, an era neither. when it was like, we will sell you the next game. And yes. then yeah. somebody went, wait a minute. We can keep <laughs> selling you this game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or you can keep telling you this character in this game, and I'd be like, I will keep buying it. Yeah. Um, all that to say, I'm having tons of fun reminiscing on my PS3, but shocked, shocked at the creature comforts that I've quickly taken for granted in my SSD world. Mm. Also, gentlemen, I will say, I know it will happen. I know people will become nostalgic for PS3 era graphics the way we have for PS1 era graphics, and I didn't think we would. But my friends, they don't look great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I disagree with the nostalgia for PS1 graphics. Oh, I, no, no, no. I don't. I love, I, I have lots of nostalgia for, for 16-bit, you know, yes. pixel, all of that stuff. is Even Anzi yes. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Wait, the, have- the early days of polygons do not look good. I, I like to- it. I like on it. stream. I have a trailer for it. I mean, and it has like comic book stuff. So folks watching the VOD are on stream. Let me get to actual gameplay. Um, there's like a, you, think, um, you think it's just like okay. a low res YouTube video, but it's like, no, no, no. This, this was it. This is what it looked. It's, and it is, it is wild. Also the other things that we kind of take for granted of like, apparently no one knew fonts back then i think it was just low res but like no, everything is from like software still doesn't oh <laughs> shush your face i uh... don't know fonts christian that's a, a that is an objective fact <laughs> they know one font uh, <laughs> but like everything's kind of hard to read because it's like 720p and, and jaggy and uh i'm trying to show some resistance right now there it's a little bit it's like real this is a real flashy this is a not a good trailer seizure inducing um but just again bygone era of things of like the my takeaway and then i'll stop (laughs) what's your takeaway christian is it ever good to chase photorealism and your the answer is yes it is because i'll be like god of war 2 looks so (laughs) like looking back on it i'm like you know what looks great on ps3 borderlands 2 Looks great. Wind Waker like, still looks like still looks fire. Yeah, looks looks great. Art direction. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But, but anyway, that's Archer. I, look- you, I mean, you know, it also looks, looks, still looks great. The first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it, it's art direction. And that was, they mm-hmm. were going for photorealistic dinosaurs and they were using basically a bunch of PS2s duct taped together, you know? So yeah, yeah. It's art direction. It's, uh, yeah. you, you can go for photorealism and do it in a style that works, you know? That's you, true. You know, if you know your limitations. Um, but I will say PS3 right now, big fan. I don't know how long it's going to stay hooked up, but it's uh, God of War Ascension. I want to play also. Um, I've just barely started. Um, it's before he was a God. Um, it's just so much locked in this library. So yeah, we talked about it a few weeks ago and I was like, that seems expensive PS plow. And now I, I think I'm just going to bed every night saying my prayer to the PS plow fairy that the emulation works well the cloud works well because there's an era of game here that was like doing the things we're doing now. Yeah. But doing it in some simplified way that feels friendly. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing that yeah. your PS3 turned on, frankly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Word. I feel Why? like you talk- I keep my stuff in good condition. Jeff. No, you well, it, it, throw me it, under the Cheeto hands. Here. I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean any reflection on you individually. I just mean, that that when we changed from sort of mechanical uh, consoles like the the NES and the Super NES and the Genesis mm-hmm. and stuff to little computers, I feel like they're much more susceptible to just it just dying on your shelf. Yeah, they have lasers in them and stuff that need to still work. Yeah, and motors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I little batteries that die. You know. I am a fan. It's always annoying when you're playing an Xbox controller and it dies and you have to find batteries or a battery pack, but neither of my PS3 controllers hold a charge. I wish I could put new batteries in them easily. It's like, yeah. that's the give and take yeah. of like technology. Great when it's new technology, not great when it's old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're running super long. I won't take up too much time with my, my playlist, but uh, I promised I wouldn't talk about vampire survivors anymore, but here I am, another week. I got to tell you about Vampire Survivors just briefly because I have basically, uh, I can basically get to 30 minutes at will now. Uh, this week I got to 30 minutes. For, so Vampire Survivors, for folks that haven't been listening to this show the last two weeks when I have been talking incessantly <laughs> about it. Uh, another game I came to late, but now I'm all about Um Vampire Survivors is a game where you are seeing how long you can survive as more and more enemies swarm you. A pixel game, you don't actually aim or shoot. Uh, You have a a series of power-ups that you earn every time you level up. uh, And you're just moving as they proc, as they shoot off of you in various ways based on their attack type. Uh, And the decisions you're making are, you know, how to move, what to do. And uh, and what to level up, what to what choice to pick as you level in the game, and the the most you can survive in any given level is a half an hour. So thirty minutes is the cutoff. It's the at, at thirty minutes, a giant demon comes and murders you, um, and it's not easy to get to that point. At least it wasn't for me for the longest time. Uh, listeners know that I was advocating for garlic. I'm off garlic. 
Take that, Gilroy. Sell Dang. garlic. <laughs> I'm not buying garlic anymore. Uh, and, and a bunch of uh, folks in our Discord were already like, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Garlic does not scale. Get off garlic. And I was like, but I love garlic so much. Garlic, very helpful in the early, uh, er, er, your early time with, with Vampire Survivor. You're like, oh, garlic's magic, as I said the last two weeks but now i realized the magic <laughs> of the bible uh the holy bible is the is the sort of uh area of effect around your character it's a swirling book that swirls around you that as you level up it scales it's amazing uh also the duplication thing is, is invaluable once you unlock duplicator take it every time you can it duplicates the number of projectiles for any weapon you get amazing uh and and i've lo- fallen in love with candelabra which basically increases the size of things, which is very, very helpful as well. Um, this is a family show, Jeff. You're talking about how long you last and how to increase the size of things and how to double things. Very you important. gotta, you yeah. gotta slow it down a little bit, buddy. <laughs> it's uh, very, very important. Staying power. Um, anyway, I got to a half an hour. The last two minutes before you get to the half to a half an hour in <laughs> Vampire Survivor, get your mind out of the gutters. Grow up, Both Christian. All right. Hey, this is t- this is Tiny <laughs> Tina's level of humor. I'm the, still rated T for teen. I'm okay. The last two minutes of Vampire Survivor, Vampire Survivors, before you get to a half an hour on any given level, ranks up there as some of the most thrilling moments. I've ever experienced in any video game. The ama- pure amount of things that are coming at you and the size and scale of them, the just the 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 screen is completely full. At a certain point, you can't even move because there are just hordes and hordes. I mean it's incredible. And I love games that show you the hit points as you're attacking, that show you the numbers coming up. And there's, I have so many weapons at that point coming off of me. I was like level, I don't know, 80, I think. I still haven't gotten to level 100, which are achievements for getting to level 100. Uh, but at that point, I have so many weapons shooting off of me of such size and power and they're mowing. I have evolved fire wand, which shoots these basically meteors. Now these fiery meteors that pass through enemies. I have massive amounts. Uh, I have these evolved axes. I have evolved all the, all these things where they get to the evolved state and they transform into something super powerful. And they are just laying waste to all of these things that are coming at me. This screen jam-packed with information, numbers exploding off swaths, leaving these piles and piles of energy, or excuse me, experience pellets that you have to pick up in Vampire Survivors. At the end of the game, you know, the, the, the pellets that you get at the beginning of the game are blue. Then you start getting green ones that are even more experienced. And then once in a while, when you get a really special enemy, it'll drop a red one. But by the end of a half an hour, every monster is dropping red experience and you're just leveling and leveling and leveling. And it just feels like this incredible climax at the end of 30 minutes, Christian. <laughs> no, I would think <laughs> this so incredible good. incredible climax. I would so good. <laughs> Uh, I've never felt a release like that. No. Ah! <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, it is a thrilling, it, it, you know, just just this momentous feeling of being 
completely OP, unstoppable, untouchable as the game's baddest bad guys are just coming at you by the hundreds. Uh, and you're just just these numbers exploding off every edge of the screen. Uh, I mean, wow. I just needed a, I, I needed a, almost I needed almost a cigarette afterwards. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> know. Um, I'm just trying to well, on, to cart on Steam right Deck. Now. You hit thirty uh, men's on Steam Deck or on on Steam big Deck. screen. On Steam Deck. I was wondering if big I'm only, I only play the easier. game on Steam Deck at this point. I only play it on Steam Deck. Wow. Um, so, and, and after I did that, I was like, I can't believe I got to 30 minutes. This is the coolest thing. Wow. And now I can basically just get to 30 minutes at any t- every time, uh, which is awesome, but also feels like, am I done with this game? I know that the, the author of this game has done a great job of having lots of updates and adding new characters and new stuff. So I think I'll keep returning to it. But at this point, I'm like, I love this game so much and I still love playing it, but I, I I'm so powerful. I've, I've leveled up so many things and I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, I am become death. You know, you know, that feeling? I got to play this game. Yeah. I, I love that feeling. So that's me playing Gran Turismo every day. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I've heard so many good things about this game and I've heard you talk about this game. I've, I've seen it. I remember when it came out, it was like a big, there's a big uh, rallying around it. Like people really liked it, but yeah, yeah, this is totally up my alley. I need to check this out already. It's so great. It's I think three bucks. When, three bucks. Yeah, when it goes on three sale, bucks. maybe. I'll yeah, yeah, it up. Christian. It's yeah, like, exactly. Good. Wait, wait for, for the my stuff. wheel. I gotta save up for my wheel. <laughs> yes. Still, you know? So got him. All right. All right. And with that, I, I you know, unless uh, Danish wants to come on and do a a special like paid DLC uh, deep dive on Vampire Survivors, I probably won't mention it again. I, I, I'm still playing it, but I feel like maybe I, maybe I should he stop. He mentioned it again. <laughs> <There> he <laughs> he does. It's a very good game. And I, uh, it's just a genius idea and done so, so well. So many beautiful details about it. Simple, it's beautiful. It's a pickup. You, like I said, the most you can play it. Oh, I forgot to tell you one other cool thing. <laughs> one other cool thing before we go. I know we're way long, but it's um, all right. Uh, and poor Paul's on the East Coast, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm chilling. Back. I'm good. I'm always up uh, this time." So okay, good. good. Um, so you get uh, the the char- one of the char- one of my favorite characters is this character Crotchy, Crotchy, Crotchy. I think uh, this demon character, and he comes with a revive, so he gets uh, to come back to life after you, after you die, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I actually don't even pick him for that. I pick him because he has a thirty percent movement speed, which is key right out of the gate. But I like him a lot. And you can also, um, after you un- after you go the distance with that guy, uh, you can actually uh, unlock uh, earning more revives as uh, you level up, and you can you can get a revive. So, the first game that I got to a half an or no, the second time I got to a half an hour, I didn't use any of my revives on the way, and I had I had like five revives earned or in the bank you know basically waiting to be used and the coolest thing about vampire survivor is that you get to 30 minutes which is the end of the game you can't the demon is gonna he's on you it's like killing you game over i'm like oh i did it i got to a half an hour and it's like it says game over and it says revive and i was like yeah yeah i'm gonna revive and i revive and I get to run around and pick up a bunch more orbs again, but more they level up two more times. Demon's still on me. Brrr, kills dead. Game over. Revive. I'm like, 
I got five of these. <laughs> it was the coolest feeling ever. I felt like I had, there was a glitch in the matrix, but it, it let me, even though the demon is like, I'm going to kill you every single time, I was still able to level up more. And by the end of the game, it stops letting you earn more attacks. You've like leveled up to a point where it's like, no more, buddy. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No more. You got to go home. You can't stay here, but you got to go home. Uh, and the only thing it lets you pick between is getting some health back or getting money, which you can spend in the, you know, roguelite uh, between games menus. So leveling up at the end is really important because you get you get a bag of money every time you level up. So I'm like, anytime I can squeeze out a few more levels and I'm like, I revive. When that demon comes in, he kills everything on the screen. They drop tons of experience little modules and you just run around as fast as you can before the demon kills you again. So it's this fun little mini game at the end of just using your revives to grab more levels and more money. Anyway, very fun. Very fun game. But that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Paul Tamayo, so much fun having you on. Loving hearing you talk passionately about these games that you love. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And uh, yeah, even just hearing you guys talk about stuff passionately is always like, oh, I got to play that game. So um, yeah, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, I'll be around if you, if you ever need me back. Oh. I'm, Hit me up. You can bet on it. But in the meantime, tell folks where they can keep up with you and the stuff that you do online. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Polymyo, S P O L I M as in Mario, A Y O. And yeah, I'm, uh, I'm me and uh, my, my colleague, Jordan Mallory, we produce uh, a fleet of amazing podcasts over at, at Fanbyte. I would recommend for your audience, we, we, we got a few video game shows. We got Channel F. It's a really fun, it's like what if uh, Who's Line or Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me was hosted by Jigsaw. So it's like a video <laughs> game game show. It's really great. Uh, we've got 99 Potions, which is uh, just more of a long form discussion show. Well, it, it kind of focuses on RPGs, but it, it definitely expands, talks about other stuff. We've got Thanks for the Knowledge. It's a weekly news show. I, I'm really, we're really, really proud of our shows. Go check them out. We got six of them. Uh, might like one of them at least. So give us give us a shot. Fanbyte.com slash podcasts. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I work on week to week. So check us out sometime. Right on. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but apparently after the PS3, Sony made a PS4. What? So I am looking forward to hooking <laughs> heard of that this? up. Uh, Twitter's and the best way. I, to my understanding is they discovered gray. <laughs> 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 I think you might be right. I am excited. Um, <laughs> Twitter's the best way to see my happenings. It is at Elon is where you can find me there. Um, <laughs> as he now owns it um, at Spicer. And I have my newsletter. Let's chat games uh, one or two a month. Usually long form writing about video games. You can subscribe for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And then I do uh, video stuff for this year's show, which you can watch on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash DLC pod, where there are videos on demand um, of this main show, also of paid DLC. And then when they come out um, a few days after that, as I can make the video, um, video versions of Let's Chat Games as well. And again, that is at patreon.com slash DLC pod. So check that out. Oh, 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 I should also say, uh, folks that have bought merch, I'm not wearing my shirt because I've been 
uh, cleaning all day. Um, my stuff looks great, but a few folks have reached out and they said that like, it didn't quite look right. Um, t- tell them I've reached out to, uh, spring and was like, Hey, we're getting, you know, I only only aware of two folks. Um, and they said the best way is to have those folks directly reach out and they will fix it. So if you get something merch of DLC that doesn't look exactly as you want it, please reach out to them. And if they throw any roadblocks your way, please reach out to me. And if they don't, I personally will make it right. So I want to let folks know uh, about that. Very cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T again. If you're interested in that merch, our friend at Jesse J Anderson made it easy for you to go. You can just go to DLC swag, dlcswag.com. You can find all those cool t-shirts and hats and mugs and stickers. I don't know. You can go there. Check it out. See what, see what we've got. Some fun stuff. Uh, also, if you want to hear me talk about other things, I have other podcasts, including the film cast talking about movies and TV shows. I have a comedy science show called we have concerns. You can find those wherever you find podcasts. I also do a, uh, I, I, I call professional football games. What? Yeah, I really do. Uh, for Hello, football? Con- <laughs> Hello, professional football. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> I'm calling. It's Jeff calling. Hello. <laughs> I'm in the booth with uh, like real amazing college football great uh, Devin Gardner and Greg Meskel. It's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, it's really an, an amazing experience. And I hope you check it out. Uh, fcf.io or twitch.tv slash fcf. Um, we're on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern time is when I... I uh, broadcast. I do the first two games of the day. Different team does the second two, uh, but it's a it's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, you can email us here dlcfeedback at gmail dot com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Forgot to do it, so hang on a second. Give us a suggestion. I saved you guys from that. I didn't do it. Paul, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes, it got me through my week. Uh, so I, people have been yelling at me for weeks to watch Severance, mm. and I, I finally did. I didn't even know what it was about. I hadn't seen any trailers for it. I was like, Adam Scott, and I'll just I'll hit play on this. And holy moly, I was not prepared for the for the ride that it was going to take me on. Um, it's nine episodes. It's on Apple TV Plus, and uh, it's totally like in my wheelhouse. I love that kind of sci-fi, um, you know interesting character study thing happening that like I was a big <laughs> lost fan back in the day. And like, I don't know, I, I just, I love that kind of, you know, pulling the thread and, and trying to find out the mystery behind everything. And it does some really interesting things visually and, and like, you know, from a filmmaking perspective, it's, it's great all around. I, I would, the, the less I say, the better, I, honestly, like don't even watch a trailer for it. Just watch it cold. It's uh it's great. It's, it's one of those things that like, it reminds me like, oh, you could just do this. You could just do really cool things like this. And, and you know, kind of like uh, 
in a different way, the same way I felt about like everything everywhere all at once recently mm-hmm. when I like, wa- you know, watching that halfway through going like, wait, like we could have just been doing this the whole time, you know, like in, <laughs> in terms of uh, these kinds of genres. So yeah. it's great. I loved it. Um, uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to say too much about it. Just like, just, just trust me. It's great. 100% agree. And it totally sticks the landing. Yes. What a great absolutely. final episode of the season. Oh, oh my goodness. So brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. With a broken ankle, but USA still got gold, baby. Carrie Strug. Oh, Carrie Strug. Severance is the Carrie Strug of <laughs> highly rated TV shows. All, all, mm. Gen Z, all the Gen Zers out there, you know what we're talking about. You remember that. Christian <laughs> <laughs> Spicer, what is oh. your parting gift? Well, my parting gift is, Paul, uh, people listening to this show don't know what you mean when you say Gen Zers because we're all so old. <laughs> we're like uh, yeah, millennials. Yeah. It's, it's for the two. It's for the two out there listening. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, my parting gift is uh, it is spring and do some cleaning. Uh, man, it's not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say that it uh, wasn't a lot of work for me, but invest in yourself. Take the time. Go through some of your old boxes or clutter or whatever you have laying around or just like take the time and really clean that bathroom put in the work um and i bet it will give you a wonderful trip down memory lane if you're cleaning boxes and clearing out some stuff that you've maybe moved with you many times and the box is still unopened uh from all those moves but by gosh you got to bring it with you um you can have really good times and they can lead to fun conversations and fun memories. So do that spring cleaning and Jeff come Wednesday. I want to talk to you about some, uh, some nostalgia stuff and, and kind of how uh, physical media can pull at my heartstrings in particular. Love it. Can't wait to talk about that, but get off my back about the cleaning. <laughs> Doing the best I can over here. <laughs> I'll get to the bathroom. <laughs> I was going to do a different parting gift, but uh, because Paul brought up, like, can we, can we, I've been doing this the whole time. Uh, I'm going to bring up uh, something that I watched this week that I, I highly, highly recommend that is along those lines, feels like of a, of a, of a type with everything everywhere all at once and severance, which are two of my favorite things ever that all both happened to be in the same year. Here's another one that I think is uh, I'm going to be talking about the end of the year as well. It's a new movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent starring Nick Cage. And it's another one where you could go in without knowing anything and have a great, great time. Uh, It is very funny, very fun. Maybe my favorite Nick Cage movie ever, possibly. Which is kind of saying a lot uh wow yeah it's uh it's great it's great it's great um highly recommend unbearable weight of massive talent i think it opens i think it opened on friday i believe wide so lots of opportunities to see it um we got a listener suggested parting gift you know last week we we heard from jordan clark i'm gonna hear from jordan clark again uh because uh this is a uh, we're going a little long, so rather than doing the, the lengthy parting gift, I'll save that for next week. We'll do this uh, shorter parting gift that Jordan sent us uh, with his first one. Uh, Jordan said a second parting gift is for parents of young children or teachers even. An app called Novel Effect. This app has a large library of books to choose from. And as you read to your children or students, it listens 
through your phone's microphone and plays sound effects along with the story. It is seriously awesome and really levels up the reading experience. I've always enjoyed reading to my toddler, but now I'm asking her if I can read to her instead of the other way around. It's $60 a year, but well worth it in my opinion. There are some eBooks available on the app, but most you'll need a print copy. That sounds really cool. Anyway, that's Jordan Clark sending that to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. I never heard of novel effect, but uh, what a clever, clever idea. It is novel, indeed. If you'd like to have your parting gift right on our show, send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Paul Tamayo and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those bumpers. The DLC theme song was created by White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. Oh, wait. We also need to thank our top-tier patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod. Those hype train patrons. Here you go. Yeah, it's time to thank Jason Novak, Octavian Ratio, Taylor Wigert, Christian Bravery, PFE, Clifton Satterfield, Jad, Josh Peak, Nick Strauss-Klein, Peter Oberg, Michael Stadler, Michael Buck, and Jackson. Slang the Watashima Heady! Tabbit! Soren Silk! Mike Lombardo! Spice Man Silencer! Yeah! Albert of the Stuff and Junk Podcast! Zachary White! Stu Goss! Jonathan Spiceman Forever! Schlepper! Jenny and Kevin Brazell, Nate and Ben, Neil Shaw, Scott Hughes, Lloyd Nance, The Switch Bit, and Dan Palmino! Malcolm King! Mark Gowland, Awesome U.S. Movies, and Jimmy Radcliffe, Jonathan Putney, and Mitchell Ness, Will with 1L Harris, and Jeff Luck, Zach. It's Matt Bradley, Chris Zacharias, Victor Valenzuela, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Cheesy Bomb, Adam Denby, and Hank Patton. It's a sign. Riley Knox, Dan Flanagan, Rob Rixman, Anthony Gulaz, and Kyle Starr. Don't forget Andy Joyce, my choice. All of you, all of you, all of you, all, all of you. Thank you, high train patrons. Thank you for supporting the show. 
Thank you for supporting the show. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.